You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Brownstein, and today I have with me Aaron McCormick. Welcome. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing the show. So, um, Aaron is literally extraordinary, literally. And so I'm so excited to share with you guys his story, and he just wrote a book. And I'm going to start off by reading to you guys a little bit about Aaron, and we'll get into some great questions. So, Aaron McCormick is an author, entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, and artist whose path to success and fulfillment defies societal norms and expectations in nearly every way. Raised by a single mom on the south side of Chicago, McCormick, since the age of 23, was one of the world's leading technology business transformation sales executives, earning millions and receiving numerous awards and distinctions. He has been honored as Best of IBM, an award bestowed upon the top 1% of 400,000 employees, founded several companies, and earned an MBA from a top business school with the rare precedent of having no prior undergraduate college degree. Cannot wait to ask you about that. McCormick courageously stood up to and escaped the fundamentalist religious cult in which he was raised resulting in loss of his universe of friends and family. With a combination of deep empathy, wisdom, and self-made success, McCormick ignites the innate ability we all have within to decode our own answers for maximum clarity and self-actualization. Aaron has helped countless people of all backgrounds realize greater fulfillment and success in areas of career, personal power, love, and relationships, sales, entrepreneurship, and leadership. Today, he is here to give us insights from his new book, Unbounded Journey to Your Within. So, Aaron, let's just start with, how did you come up with the idea for your book? Tell us about your book um, and any other things you'd like to tell us about your life. Well, the book wasn't um, a deliberate plan. I never thought I was a writer. Uh, my, as a child in school, I didn't think I wanted to write and my career wasn't about writing, although I was in communication with sales and stuff, but the book came as a result of having an experience or several experiences where I would end up helping people very inadvertently, kind of happenstance where people would bring somewhat profound challenges, personal, business, uh, things that would have major ramifications based upon the decision. And I would never answer them. I would always bring in or offer very introspective questions for them to ask themselves and they would end up getting these epiphanies and these would be sometimes life-changing epiphanies or direction-changing epiphanies and uh, and I'm an empath so that's something I also learned about myself since very very young uh, and at some point I guess in late 15 maybe early 16 I decided why continue to do this on an ad hoc basis why not try to you know, reach and help more people help themselves because I think that we are all the masters of our own journey. We just haven't quite um, connected our own dots to understand that. Uh, we tend to look externally too much. And I guess to your question, there was a period during the book writing, while I was writing it, where the gender reveal for our daughter went viral, uh, like tens of millions, ended up on Bob Saget on a corny uh, ABC 
like funny videos thing. Oh my God. Uh, and I had a bunch of people on social media asking me what they, what they should do for a living. People already in careers wanting to switch, dissatisfied, parents asking about their children. But, but mind you, Jamie, this was after the book was underway. And it just, my heart was going out because these questions are, you know, you're asking a stranger, what should your child do or what you should do? And I'm sitting there going, and I know exactly why we, we all do this. We equate money with happiness and we see someone with money because in the actual video, the gender reveal was one of the first, if not the first Lamborghini gender reveal. This was not intentional, but we were in my backyard <laughs> and the wife wanted to get the men involved. So she conceived of an idea of buying this very fine powder in either blue or pink. We didn't know what color and her girlfriend would blow dry it into the exhaust pipes of my Lamborghini and in the backyard oh I would start it and poof, we'd all know, <laughs> you know what we're having. And that's the thing that went viral. Anyway, the point is people see this and they go, oh, Lamborghini or big house or whatever. Uh, and I, there's other introspective posts on my social media. So, you know, people could see that um, I wasn't just some guy with money and that's all I care about. And so in comes all the requests for advice. And that really dovetailed with the book, which is whether it's the money we're seeking in terms of fulfillment or, or answers from another, your answers are already within you. The question is, how do you access them? How do you learn from experience the perfection of your journey and the energy that's within you that's always there, but we tend to have suppressed it over time? So that's, I guess those are, those are two answers. One is the pattern of my life. I decided to you know, communicate some of these things at a more broad level. And then there was that experience along the way that sort of validated uh, the need to not answer or not try to address it one by one, but try to pay these things forward, if you will. So as you're talking, I'm, I'm curious, how do you personally help people get empowered to know that they have the power within to heal and to do everything that you, that you help them do? How do you do that? Uh, it's, um, the short answer is their own experiences, believe it or not. And even if you're as young as 12, 13, although the book is not written for people that young, you can always look in retrospect to an experience that was larger than life that you've gone through, had a lot of anxiety. Later on, you realize it served you, right? It's kind of like, um, you know, when you're little, you never want to eat vegetables. Later on, you realize they served, you know, it was good for me. So part of the basis of the book, and even when I talk to people personally, if, if this comes up, it's how do, you, how do you get them or how does the person believe something without it just being an intellectual uh, or um, without being intellectual data coming in, which is what most motivational stuff is. It's mantras or it's ideals that you take in. And if we look back on our lives, and this is one of the things that I talk about earlier on in the book, we start as a unique essence or spark, energy, perspective. You know, there's a thing about us that belies even our inheritance, our inheritance, if you will, that belies what um, others are planning to teach us. We start a certain way. And throughout time, or over time, we evolve based upon all the things around us. So one of the things I draw people do, which is a pretty salient experience, is to remind them that every single time they're faced with a decision, a perspective, or a different set of energy, meaning another human being even, you have an immediate instinct. You have an immediate knowing 
all the time on every topic, really. Okay. And that knowing is often immediately flooded with learned ideals, learned uh, perspectives that we've consumed from parents, siblings, friends, pop culture, what it means to be a US citizen, uh, just every category you can think of has molded what we, how we show up in the world. Uh, but that essence is still, is still in there. And for all of us, it's buried to varying degrees. And one of the things I also remind them, uh, and we can talk about this now too, is when we think about anyone that's ever become super successful at a very young age, like we usually think of artists, we think of whether it's singers like young little Michael Jackson or Elvis or whoever it is, um, they almost always have a story where they did something that they loved completely in the face of logic, right? In the face of what is the learned expectation or ideal. And that makes sense because the real you predates the things you've learned. The real you was, is that thing that your parents are trying to corral and, and train and it's always there. So uh, there's just a, a combination of both experiential for yourself as well as macro themes about life. And we've observed this in other people too, as I just mentioned with uh, people that have been come, become successful very young. And they've also, those same folks, have often gone through a great deal of struggle, just like the proverbial diamond or the proverbial muscle. Muscles get torn before they're built. Uh, so that struggle represents the battle of the heart, which is your spirit, what you really are, and the mind, which is all the things that you've learned since you've come into this world. And, and whichever one is the victor is the paradigm you will be in. You will either be in a paradigm of what I'm supposed to do, what theoretically makes sense, and therefore you'll think it's very safe, but you'll always feel this conflict of, why didn't I just speak up for myself? Why didn't I just do what it is that I really want to do? Or why am I in this job that I feel zero fulfillment in? Or why am I in this relationship that uh, I feel challenged and not in a good way? It's, it's uh, you know, so it's about getting in touch with that unseen energy. I love everything that you're saying because one of my favorite topics and how I help my clients and we talk a lot on the show about is our intuition. And I love that you just, the way that you said it, you said it so with such passion, such, um, you were so clear that you said when, like in that moment, when you are faced with a decision, you know, cause people make themselves crazy over decisions and everything. And I just wrote this whole article on decision making and how, and it brings in a lot of these topics, how it can be so much easier if you just take a moment to ask yourself, what do I want? What makes me, what makes my heart happy? What makes me feel at peace? And so I, I love that this is how you help people also. Yes, in fact, one of the points in the book, there's a chapter in the book that is called, You Were Not Dumped. <laughs> so oh, I'm glad you bring up dumping because that was one of the things I wanted to ask oh, you. You're gonna go, sorry, I need to stir your thunder. Go no, it's okay, and, but this is good. This will bring us into um, the relationship discussion. Okay, so tell us about it. Well, again, it's just like what you were just uh, saying, that there's a knowing at a certain point at a, in every situation, our instincts, our intuition, we know our receptors are always firing, but fear and fear is composed of knowledge. That's why babies can hurt themselves so easy, right? They have no fear because they have no knowledge. 
They don't know that this can hurt them or that can hurt them. Well, as we go through life, we're corralled in a bunch of fears, a bunch of things that uh, cause insecurity. So because of that, we tend to suppress the thing that is speaking to us because to not suppress it or, or to, yeah, to not suppress it, to let it come out introduces things that really are disconcerting. They scare us in the mind. So for example, you meet somebody, you're, um, you, you feel like you have chemistry, but you kind of know. I always say this, you know within the first few minutes, probably less than that, if it's the one. Before there's even data, like data as in yeah. their background, you know what I mean, the data, right? Before the data, you know, and the rest of what's happening is validating that knowing or invalidating. That's what's happening naturally. Unnaturally is the mind that comes in and actually that becomes natural because as, as I mentioned, we're all on this detour because we're around all this, these dense influences but the mind comes into play. So specifically on the topic of dumping, <laughs> uh, like relationships are, an, are a connection. We are energy first and foremost. We know this even physically, like your heart beats without being plugged in. You maintain a temperature, 98.6, without being plugged in. So even physically, despite the metaphysical stuff we talk about, about everything being matter, we know we are energy. Dogs, since you know a dog can walk up to two twins that have the same facial expression like one and have an issue with the other right babies sense things so we're energy yeah, yeah. why is it though that when it comes to a relationship the connection we act like we have we're being blindsided when a person decides they don't want to be with us or or when a person strays stray is different for every you know for many people for some Physically straying isn't the issue. And you know, there are couples that even swing and stuff. There's all kinds of, for some, the stray could be emotional. For others, it's, it's purely a physical thing. Once that happens, whatever it means to you is, is, is up to you. But the point is, you were aware of that propensity. You were aware of the solidarity of the connection long before it visibly becomes frayed, long before the person either says they're moving on or you hear that they've done something that you consider to be straying. Um, and then we, even though we know this, we love playing the victim, right? So we'll, we do it to ourselves and we sulk about it. And we do it to our friends and we complain about it. And we get some sort of validation from uh, being victimized. And what's weird about that too is, yet if someone were to deliberately talk down to you, you'd stand up like, no, I'm not, you, you won't take that. So we're both mighty and unbounded, so to speak. And we're also quick to be, oh, pity me. Look what someone just, someone just, you know, psychologically used me. And I had no idea we did. The issue is we don't want to face the opposite of acknowledging it or, or the result of acknowledging it. Maybe. Yeah, because if we acknowledge it, we got to start all over. We have to uh, run the risk of the, what we think is a risk of not finding another person, go a little bit longer before we get married or you know, a serious relationship. And we're worried about speed to getting, in, to getting in a committed relationship because of what? What we hear and expect around us, right? By this age, we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. There's all these different things that are clouding our antenna, so to speak, your antenna, which knows the answer, but then it, it instantly gets flooded by all these other um, 
fears, if you will, and knowledge of, of a result that you don't want to face? There are so many things I want to say. One thing I'm not going to say it first. I'm going to say it after is say the word bachelor, the bachelor of the show. Cause I have something to say about that. Um, but the first thing I want to say is that this victim mode, like the more that people are in victim mode, the more that spiritually you're going to bring in more reasons to give you to stay in that victim mode. But if you can turn it around and say, I'm going to thrive, I'm not the victim, I'm empowered. And as you're saying, when I really think about it or feel it, I knew it. I knew right. it anyway. And right. that person did right. What? I'm agreeing. Empower yourself. Accountability. Right. I agree. And what I always try to explain to my clients is that the other person didn't do anything wrong. We can't control how we feel. If they didn't feel like it's a match for whatever reason, and, and yes, their behavior might have been bad, but they're not bad. Like maybe they cheated, but they just to accept, you know, that if that it's just not right, why would you want to force something to why would you want to force a relationship to work if it's not supposed to work? Right. If that person doesn't if they that person's heart isn't in it. Agreed. And the person that cheated is actually cheating on themselves because they were with someone that considered what they did cheating. Like if you are bent on being open, get someone of similar energy. Why are you even lying and having to go and sneak around as an adult? So like in so many ways, we all hide from ourselves. And then we create these, as you mentioned, self-fulfilling prophecies mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, really common ones. Men say chicks are crazy. So they, and they, you know, they jokingly, they joke about that a lot. And so they draw in yes. behavior from women that they could then quickly label as crazy. And, and ironically, the women that they draw in are the same women that often say men are dogs. But everything's a projection. Exactly. And it's so he's, the guy is feeling crazy inside. Right. In he, he has to draw. So this goes back to a different point of the book, which is, the second reason we're here, the first reason it seems pretty clear that all of us are here is for experiences, good and bad, all for soul expansion, if you will. Um, our successes and failures, perceived failures, all that is they just enrich the journey. Um, second reason is to relate to others, to connect with them, to feel the impact of your touch, meaning your love, your, your um, communication, your presence. We want to feel that. So we're all serving each other without realizing it. To your point, you talked about us being mirrors. What's funny is we think the world is so selfish and you have to be selfish first, right? You can't give love. You can't give anything you don't have. So right. take care of you, exist, be whole, and then you can contribute, share. You have something of value to give. You can't have that thing before you have that thing. Well, the second thing is we want to nurture. So subconsciously, we're all giving each other exactly what they expect, even the bad. So, and we're kind of obligated without knowing it to mirror and give what's expected. So as an example, if you are uh, at a party and you are super insecure about filling the topic, your race, your, uh, your, your um, appearance, your weight, your whatever it could be, if there's anybody in that party that has a problem with whatever it is that you're insecure about, but there's 10 other people that have the same trait, but you have the strong insecurity, 
you will end up picking up the sneer or the, yeah. the, the some sort of evidence of an issue because you expect it and therefore they're going to be complicit and deliver it. Yes, and I could talk about this, the, the reflection and the projection and the energy and the law of attraction forever. And <laughs> you should come back and do another show and we'll just talk about that. Um, so, but my question, which I feel like is going to be helpful for the viewers, and then I also have another question about relationships, um, is, so when we're talking about blindsiding, I watched The Bachelor. Okay, now I, I don't care if these people end up together or not. I like people ask me, but you know, you're a relationship expert. And like, do you really think it's real? And that part doesn't matter to me. I enjoy emotions. Okay. <laughs> people are sharing their emotions and I enjoy looking at people, seeing what decisions they're going to make. You know, so that I'm, I look at myself as a detective, everything about it. I just enjoy so much. So blindsided, everybody's always getting blindsided. This is what I want to ask you about what you would think about this. So I, they're just doing this greatest of all Bachelor seasons. They're doing recaps of all these different seasons. And in one season, Ben Higgins, I don't know if you watched the show. <laughs> Anyhow, you should start. So okay. at least catch a Bachelor in Paradise. Anyhow, so okay. Ben Higgins, this guy, he tells two ladies, down to two ladies, he tells them both that he loves them. And which was very unique for the show anyway, first of all, because the bachelor or bachelorette usually does not express how they feel until the last day when they do the proposal. So right, right. that was interesting that he did that. But the fact that, and then Jojo is one of the ones who, Jojo is the one that got rejected, let's say. He didn't choose Jojo. She said she was blindsided. So with what you're saying, you're saying she knew, but, but at the same time, her reasoning for being blindsided is that he, his words, his words, you know, I love you so much. I can't imagine my life without you. I'm seeing a future. So this is an interesting thing I think to bring up because you have to, your intuition needs to be working double time when you're hearing words from somebody, right? Right. Well, uh, and that just, that's a great example. I, I didn't see that show or how that played out, but some things were inside of her. Even if you go way back before, all of this happening, right? I mean, like, meaning before even getting on the show, there were parts of her that felt that all bets would be off because this is highly unnatural. The Bachelor is highly unnatural. That's not, it's not normal to perform. Yeah, right. Well, you're performing because what are the real odds that that many of whatever sex, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's women in this case instead of the Bachelorette. Uh, what are the odds that all of them deeply want this guy and none of them ever i mean rarely do they say i'm out i don't like you i'm off the show right and so it, it's when you're outside of real energy which this show clearly is because you have a mental desire goal expectation for this to be the one and you're trying to win which goes back into why people get married knowing they shouldn't be getting married right that's called inertia I've been dating this person for two years. I don't want to start all over. It's easy. It's habit, et cetera. And so despite knowing this ain't the one, I mean, this has really happened. There's an example in the book that I talk about this where somebody uh, knew this, but didn't know it because they didn't ask themselves the direct question. They were so fixated on the other person's performance and getting loved or getting accepted and proposed to 
but they forgot, what do I really, what am I after in getting married? Okay, so that thing I'm after, is this thing gonna give it? In many cases, the answer is no. Right. But we're stuck on the exterior goal, the outcome, and we forget the objective of that goal. That is hugely played out on Bachelor and Bachelorette because they're all after the winning goal. And, and so they're effectively lying to their energy. So right. that, that show is completely off the rails. So you can, we can watch it to see the games we play with ourselves, <laughs> but it's, it's so far beyond the one-on-one the -on -one connection and it becomes a one-on-one -on -one performance. And really it's a one performance with myself. All the contestants are performing uh, to themselves. They're not being authentic to themselves because they're not even allowed, if you will, to, to call an issue on things because the, the other person is just perfect. Let me just sell myself to you because you're perfect for me. I mean. <laughs> there are, okay. There are some couples that have gotten married and we have some bachelor babies. Um, not saying it well at the end. I'm just saying that everything I just said, applies, well, and I, of course, there are exceptions to the rule. Yes. I, and I agree with you, but let's say, and then we're going to move on because, but this is, I think this is helpful, especially for my viewers and I, they would love to know your opinion, but let's say this is a real couple in real life because this happens, not that those aren't real couples, but it's not. Okay. Let's say Susie and Joe, they're dating. They're not on the show. And Joe is like, is just constantly saying how much he loves her and he wants to spend his life with her. And he's saying these words. Right. And the next day he's like, actually, I love somebody else more. Okay. I'm getting back together with my right. house, whatever it is. Right. So I'm, I've never, I've never talked about this on the show or with anybody really, but I love that you're bringing up this concept of the knowing. So I'm challenging you. I'm saying, okay, with the, when someone uses words, you still have to use your intuition. We believe, we're believing the things we want to believe. And the important thing here is, how do you get away from controlling and making this outcome control your intuition? You yeah. have a desire for an outcome and it controls the intuition. Well, you may have heard people talk about the importance of surrendering. What does that mean? People say, oh, I've surrendered or, I mean, really prominent people, won't say names, like billionaires, influential people that inspire others with TV shows. That's one. Oprah has talked that way. A lot of others have talked this way. And the one thread that is um, true, which is what the book does long before you get to the relationship chapter, is once you realize the validity and the power of the unseen force that you are, not the force that's controlling your life and making sure like, like there's some God, cause that puts you back in victim mode, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which would implicate that that force is favoring you, but yet letting billions of people be, you know, starving and dying young and everything else. We are co-creators with that force, which is what law of attraction talks about. But once you look back on your life and you see how everything has served you, even the things that at the time were terrible, that's what hindsight, has the ability to do, right? You look back and you go, man, when I was blank age or in that situation, the weight of the world, it was like terrible. Now you look back and it's kind of, it's highly minimized. The older we get, that's the case. So, but it's not just this overall awareness that it serves me. How did it serve you? Because many things are still ugly to you, 
and you don't realize they, it did you some good, there were lessons in it. So the point is once you go through and you deliberately understand the perfection of your journey, it's not gonna instantly take away all fear and anxiety of outcomes that you don't want to happen, whether it be job related, money related, you know, conflict or other things, you still have, have fear. The minute we lose all fear, we're no longer in these human bodies, right? We're already our higher self, right? So you're gonna have some of it, but the, the better you understand through your history and by studying your energy in those moments. So there's a lot of imagination of going back to those moments and in your present moment and looking at your future energy and your future has an energy in the present because when you imagine outcomes in your future, there's a certain thing that feels that is in your body. It's uncertainty, it's, it's insecurity, it's happiness and bliss. So you, you have energies in all these different stages. And as you start to learn from them, you begin to lose the desire to control because you didn't ask for those bad things to happen in the past, not consciously, yet they served you. And in many ways, they made you. Like if you talk to most people that are self-made and are phenomenally inspirational, successful, or et cetera, they... They've been through things nobody would want to go through, which is evidence that just like pressure on a diamond, there's beauty, the bigger the weights, the bigger the muscle. You, you just can't live your, your fullest life without facing and going through something that at least to your conscious mind feels very dark. And we've already gone through a lot of those things. So as we start surrendering and understanding how they've served us, now when you meet somebody, you're, you are complete enough that they don't complete you. They might enhance, but anyone can enhance. I am whole as I am. So I'm not stuck on my girlfriends all got a man. I hope this one sticks or all my buddies are married as a guy. All my buddies are married. What's wrong with me? I'm 34, 35. And I, as a guy, don't have a wife and kids yet. Or so you have all these, because you realize there's perfection in your journey. Right. And, and there's, Everything is serving you. So once you're surrendered, I guess is the point, all these things that come into your ear, they're less likely to fool you because your, your intuition is fully intact. It's not as buried, if you will, by, oh my God, I gotta, and I'm so worried about because you've surrendered. Does that make, does that make some sense? Oh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> yes, hallelujah. That is just so beautiful. Um, yeah, and... What I would just like to add to that is that I'm so happy that we're, we do have these conversations and that people can watch these things to open their eyes because everything in life does happen for us, not to us. And unfortunately, there are so many people that don't know that yet and they see themselves as the, as the victims instead of looking at every opportunity as an opportunity to grow and learn. And also what, with what you were saying about these bad things that happen to us, but that's just a judgment, you know, these beautiful things that happen, these things. Um, I believe, and it sounds like you might believe this also, that we actually choose these things before we come to this earth. You know, the life is, our lives are kind of, I believe they're planned out. Um, and we, we choose our parents, we choose our you know, our relationships, we choose our situations and it's up to us to, do we want to get as much out of this life as possible? Do we want to look at every challenge that we've had and see what can we learn? How can we 
grow. And yeah. I'm glad you brought up Oprah because she's such a good example. She, she preaches this, she teaches this, and she's, she's lived it. Yeah, and you know, if it's true that, again, I, I mentioned this across, because everybody has different beliefs, so I always try to draw on the thing that's common across humanity, across religion, and the most common thread is there is a ubiquitous energy force. Bible says that, other religions say that, Hinduism, Buddhism, and so on. We are at one with that, it's in us. So if that's true, if we are actually God, one with God, just as a cell in your body is you, but it's not the total you, but it has all sorts of intelligence that's unique to you. You can't just take one of your cells and put it in my body and everything be hunky-dory, it's, it's you. So we are all extensions or we are disbursements of that one source. So if we are, and God, the energy, the ubiquitous energy is considered light. It is omnipotent. So if, if that's us, then when we come here, we come here for a human experience. And if you had a life of perfection, if there was such thing, you'd be shortchanging yourself, right? It's almost like you don't go to Six Flags to get thrilled on a roller coaster and just sit there and it's boring like this, right? You, you're going up to the top and you're like, why am I doing this? this oh, I'm an idiot. I wish I wouldn't have. <laughs> we torture ourselves because in a way we want it. And similarly, like, you know, when you work out, you get sore, it hurts, but yet you keep poking on it. Ooh, you know, ooh, right? you're sore, but you poke the muscle that is sore. Now, obviously, when it comes to death and all the things that we experience that are really dark to our human experience, we don't consciously go, ooh, that feels good. The greater self does that. And it's part of why you came here. Now, if you, if you want to, you know, this is not in the book, but like what helped me get there and understand this, I didn't try to get there. Just my, my, journey, my journey brought me there. As all of us are intersecting, we're just doing what we're doing. And, and we connect dots. We figure things out. You talked about your name. You talked about your parents. Um, uh, astrology. There's a lot of little signs and patterns that tell us that we are not only these bodies. We're not only this lifespan from zero to whatever age that we pass. Uh, and that we are actually the masters of everything that happens. Everything from the meaning of your name to your numerology. If you've never looked at your numerology, you'll see things. And you, once all, all these things start coming, start coming to you, you have to either say, my parents are God, <laughs> because they decided when I conceived, they decided that, and based upon that, I would have, I would line up with these traits according to my birth part, you know, my, my birth date or whatever, and my overall numerology, which encompasses my name and the numbers associated with that and dates and all this other stuff. So my parents are psychic gods, or there is an actual God that's going, I'm going to make Jamie an American, and I'm going to give her all these first world conveniences. And I'm going to make Aaron, da, 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 da. and I'm going to make these, like I mentioned earlier, these billions of people have horrible existences. So like as an empath, I used to wonder, used to trouble, be troubling, how does this loving and just God allow such huge disparity? Um, and when I learned the physical reality around things we just mentioned, astrology, numerology, and just my own experience, I realized everything is serving us. And just like people go and sign up for horror movies, for example, and they want to be tortured in fear, um, your previous self is infinite. Not previous, your real self is. And you sign up for a given journey. And that's, there's also perfection in that, wherever you are. So 
um, just like you love to be scared at the movies, well, if you happen to be in such terrible circumstances, you probably aren't watching this video if they're that terrible, like as in the real issues that affect humanity, none of us in this first world video chatting situation can relate to, but there, there's a part of you that engineered or that wanted it and it's soul enriching. You may have a shorter life, et cetera. In another life, you might be uh, a captain of the world, so to speak. You may be at the top of the, the silly food chain, which none of these things, um, our higher selves completely um, concur with because we're so different in our higher form. We're not these polarized haves and have nots with, you know, capitalism. There's so many things that, that are actually in conflict with the natural thing that we are. And maybe that's the reason why we're here. Maybe that's why it's such an experience for us. Like I was saying before, we are speaking the same language. I could literally talk to you about this for hours, but we do need to wrap this up. But I genuinely would love you to come back another time because there is so much more to talk about. Okay, how can people find you? How can they buy your book? Plug away. <laughs> the book is social. all the typical places, the book. So Barnes Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Target, um, all that. The website is unboundedbook.com or theaaronmccormick.com and social media is the Aaron McCormick. So whether it's IG or Facebook, the Aaron Welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Brownstein, and today I have with me Aaron McCormick. Welcome. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing the show. So um, Aaron is literally extraordinary literally and so i'm so excited to share with you guys his story and he just wrote a book and i'm going to start off by reading to you guys a little bit about aaron then we'll get into some great questions you're listening to love talk live with the relationship expert jamie bronstein only on la talk radio